Welcome to Wide Flank. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wide Flank. <laughs> this is your host, Teddy, and I'm here with the esteemed Alon. Hey, y'all. And the esteemed Danny. Hello. <laughs> no more mouth noises, Danny. Sorry, Take, get that toothpick, toothpick is out. out toothpick is out. All right. Just want to say shout out to all our fans. You guys are the best. Uh, thanks for all the support as usual. Thank you for all the participation in the Discord. You guys are great. It's so great to have friends for the first time in my life. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Uh, <laughs> we've been playing so many games together. So really, thank you. Uh, we've been ha having Rocket League Tuesdays. How have those been, guys? I haven't been to too many. Awesome. Love it. It was great. And we were just we were just session before this. It was great fun. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anywhere between like four and ten people show up and we play like intra squad twos or threes or ones or just grind some ranked threes, whatever. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Sorry to take you guys away from it. Duty calls, you know. <laughs> gotta get gotta pay the bills. Um so this episode is a game club episode. We played tunic. It's basically a Zelda game, right, Danny? More or less, yeah. <laughs> no. If not. Zelda <laughs> It's Wrong like if answer. Zelda if it's like Zelda and uh Hot Fox had a baby. <laughs> You're gonna have to tell us about Hot Fox in the um Patreon only uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. version. YouTube's uh, gonna take us down. All right, so tell us about the game, Danny. What's the deal? Okay. Tunic uh is a video game. Um, that we played came out in 2022 as an action adventure game made by Andrew Schuldice. Uh So like one, basically a one man developer as published by a group called Finji, which have done a bunch of like they produced or published a bunch of Kickstarter games. Um, so this is like a very indie project and Finji, the, the publisher is run by this guy. Salt. I forget his first name, last name Saltzman, Adam, Adam Saltzman, Saltzman and his wife, Rebecca, who produces and does game design there. So it's like this really fun, uh, tight knit kind of publishing situation. Um, but anyways, Tunic is an action adventure game played in isometric view. Uh, you play as an anthropomorphic fox. Um, and you, it's like an exploration game. It's a combat, isometric combat game um, with echoes of Dark Souls combat, especially in boss fights, and then um, kind of like a Zelda-like playing experience. Um, it was released, you know, to you know, pretty substantial critical acclaim. Um, definitely has a significant cult following, and people praise the exploration of it, the way it pays homage or brings back themes and play styles from classic games like the older Zelda games. Um, people praise the aesthetics, the whether that's the graphics the or sun. the actual like, yeah, or the actual typography of like the game manual, which we'll be talking about. Um, and, uh, and just like, yeah, just an interesting exploration narrative experience. That's a little out of the norm these days, but feels a lot like a, a modernized version of, uh, of a classic. So, um, and we played it. Do you, yeah, I, so, I, I, I was, no, was, was going to say Zelda like is definitely like where to start. What, what were you going to say, Teddy? I was going to say, if, do you remember when we tried to define what isometric was? 
Oh my god! (laughs) Did you guys watch the video, the no clip video that I posted, Uh where he's like, he describes the tricks that you have to do with the camera to make it look 3D and isometric? I was like, this is way too advanced for me. I'll never understand how this works. (laughs) I I can just play it. I also thought it was like easy. That was the whole reason they did it. And he's like, no, you have to like do all these tricks to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you talking about the? uh, Did you send the short? No clip or the like yeah, the, the short minute one. one? The yeah, short yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he just has all these diagrams of like the angles that you have to fake and the where the cameras have to be in order to make it look and feel this way. I was like, okay, yeah. Didn't know that. But um let's save that for the camera angle section of the podcast that we have laid out. <laughs> Describing the angles. It's more of a yeah. Dutch angle. Uh um, isometric <laughs> we we decided was if it it's bird's eye view, but if the bird was looking to its not directly below it, but a little bit to the side, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> diagonal. Diagonal. That? Yeah. Diagonal birds. View. Birds. Bird side eye. Sun's eye view. Yeah, the bird's um, not quite sure about what you're up to. You're actually the sun. You're not the fox in this game. <laughs> oh yeah, good, good, good. Whoa. <laughs> um, ba- well, we should get this out of the way. Big spoilers. Um, this game spoilers. does have a lot to uncover, and uh, I think it's. It's a game best played cold. So uh, if you're interested in playing it, I would recommend not listening. Come back after you finish it. It's a short game. So um, yeah, so you, you, won't, you won't have to wait 13, long. 13 hours. Go. Yeah. There. Yeah. Something like <laughs> starting, that. Starting now. He, also, like the community. This is one of those games you see like on Reddit and everything. Everyone's really careful to use spoiler warnings. People, I saw a Reddit post where somebody was like, can you please delete this post? This title contains a spoiler. Um, <laughs> not in like a not in a toxic way, just like kind of like someone's like, okay, how do I the guy who posted it was like, how do I delete the post? Like, can you tell me how? And yeah, and <laughs> I, like shout out also to Nolan, who is sort of my like guiding light through the trickier parts of the end game because he was also like very part of that community in that way where he would just be like, you know, there are intricacies of the world you don't yet understand instead of like telling me what to do or he'd be like have you found page 49 yet and i'm like oh fuck i gotta like look at page 49 but um yeah we'll get there we'll get there but um yeah, you guys pick this you guys pick this game yeah when i i think i, I wasn't you were away right yeah i was away yeah yeah and so when i saw this game i was like oh fuck i really don't want to play this i was like i hate zelda games Oh, I really? really? Don't want to do Other this. than Zelda. What? You like Zelda, though, right? The girl? No, like, wait, the when games? you say Zelda, you mean you don't like Le- the Legend of Zelda games? The Legend of Zelda games starring Link, I don't like. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, How did I not know this about I'm really you. confused now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, you know, Wind Waker, Majora's Mask. I got my wisdom teeth out and played Ocarina of Time over the course of a week, and that was the only way I could ever do it. It was like high on a bunch of painkillers and nothing else to do. Wow. Otherwise, Whoa. I would never have. Yeah, never. If my childhood is me, being rewritten right. I in know. Front of like, if you asked me, I would have been like, "Yeah, Teddy fucking loves Ocarina of Time." You did you, you like reference of the it wild? all the time? All the time. I do reference it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big. It was a. It was a big week. Well, <laughs> It's a game I'm really glad I played. You know, there, it's one of those things, especially when you, I was younger, I was very happy to, like, do the homework. But I don't think I liked it. And every time I've tried to 
play other games, I haven't liked it. However, I that's not true for Breath of the Wild, which I did play. Which is very different. Yeah. Which is very different. Yeah. And actually, I feel like you don't like Breath of the Wild, right, Alon? Because it's like sort of... I've played very little and I was just like, this is stupid. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> which it totally just... makes sense because... <laughs> It because just it's not like Zelda. Yeah, I was like excited to play a new Zelda game and it's nothing like it. And I was just like, <laughs> I like very quickly, I, well, at the time I didn't know this, but I very quickly got to like an area where I wasn't supposed to be and I was really stuck. And like, to, I don't even remember what it was. And then later I looked it up and I was like, oh, well, yeah, fuck, you know, fuck yeah, me, I right. guess. Like this. Right. You know, you, you, can, you picked Waste of Skin Link. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Any of these games that just have absolutely no direction seem to not work for me that well. But this game also, Tunic, kind of has no direction and really doesn't hold your hand that much. And the times where it does, it's like in a very clever way, which is picking up. There's an in-game manual, but you don't have any of the pages for it. You have to pick it up in the world and then you see the pages. And like, what, 80% of the manual is in a made-up language that you can't read. So a lot of times you're just sort of like loosely looking at pictures or there's one or two words in English and you're like, oh, like, is this what they mean? Like, is that where I'm supposed to go? Is that how I level up? Is that how I like run or, you know, unlock this or that? And, And I think that that was like you know, very much not a Zelda-like where you don't pick up the manual in the game, but it is sort of a reference to the retro gaming era of getting games for Super Nintendo or, or NES or whatever, and it comes with a manual that basically tells you all the lore, all the tips, all the secrets. If you're stuck, do this. If you can't beat this guy, do this. And that's essentially what you're finding in the game, even though it's not all in English. Yeah, he <clears throat> talking about game manuals, might as well just dive into this. But he's like, I remember when I would play at my friend's house, my friend would play the game and I would read the manual. Yeah. Um, which I love that idea. Uh, I would always buy the game and then in the car ride home or I would buy the game. My parents would buy the game for me. <laughs> and in the car ride home, like little 10 year old me would read the manual. That would, that would be like such an exciting thing. Or I would poop. And I would, while I was pooping, I would read the manual. That was like a, in the in the car because yeah, I was I like was thinking okay. in the car. I was like, wow, ten, okay. <laughs> and like I was like, okay, I can be be I can be like productive and like studying this game even when I'm not in the room with my SNES. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I was like, okay, I'm just like going to spend all my mental energy on this game. Um, yeah, and pe- loved, I've heard other people. Manuals. I've heard other people reference like they were into importing games. And they would, you know, just because they wanted to get like the early new games from Japan or whatever. And very similar to this game, they would get a manual and only understand the pictures because the entire thing's in Japanese. And so like that also, that like not, like someone trying to communicate with you, but you don't understand. And it's not that they're keeping anything from you. It's just just that it isn't made for you. Like that. (laughs) That works really well in the game, and he like mimics that feeling really well, I think. Just as a quick aside, there, there's an interesting generational thing here where I basically have never read a game manual. Yeah, I figured, yeah. Uh, literally just trash. It's just trash to me. 
<laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, it's a waste of skin. Um, <laughs> well, like I, I've definitely poked around a little right? bit, but yeah, yeah, I just with like uh, epilepsy warnings or something, like, <laughs> right? Or right. like an ad or the controls, which I was like, I know how to. I'm a gamer. I know how to play this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only thing I ever did was have was look at the back of the game, this the CD case for Metal Gear Solid. Oh, which actually, yeah. I'm pretty sure I had a rental copy, so I couldn't even do that. I had to, someone had to tell me what it was. Anyways, I just wanted to. No, just that is to interesting. I mean, point out that I'm young. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a dated thing that doesn't really exist anymore. But I still, I, I mean, do you, did you did it still work for you, Danny? Though, like, did you enjoy finding the pages and like having to look through it in the game? Yeah, I mean, it was still cool. It was. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I didn't have a nostalgia factor attached yeah. to it, but I did feel like I was reading a game manual, and it felt like a nod to video game manuals in the world of video game packaging and i so i yeah i, I thought it was i definitely thought it was cool and yeah. especially it's just it's beautiful that like the, so you know it's the calligraphy and the paper uh look to it all the ink the way it looks like ink is yeah, i i did really enjoy looking at it yeah the care on on how it looks and feels i think was like really tremendous and it also Some of it has, is so funny though, like the, like, you know, it, it'll show the anim, it shows the animation of you rolling, and it's like low stamina bar, like I will hurt more, or yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's like all this. Funny, I'm tired. Funny I will stuff. hurt. Or something <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah. It's like, I was like, what? Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and the I like how it shows in the roll, like your iframes, your invinci- invincibility, invulnerability frames. Like it just shows, like it's like a meter, and it just shows like. In this section, like iframes, and then like it shows him tumbling forward in the rest of the role. Look for the dust. Look for uh, the dust. I, I think an important thing, and this you know this comes up in the no clip documentary, or I guess the no clip short, is that I think Schultz is a um, he's a speedrunner, and apparently he's big in the Celeste speedrunning community, oh. and. So there's kind of like this language that comes across in the manual, right? Like showing your iframes and this kind of like, um, I don't know what the description is, but it's really the speed running world and language and way of looking at games that comes through, I think, in this. And you hear them talk about the way they set up areas and set up certain things to be like speedrunner friendly, you know, that you can figure out how to skip this part or clip through this. And um, I feel like that kind of framing comes through in a lot of places in the game and especially in the manual in particular, right? Where in the manual? I, I mean, I there's speedrunning stuff very obvious in the game. Like once I watched a speedrun, I was like, oh, of course they're like getting that first so they can do this and this. But in the manual, I well. Like what was in the manual that was like that? Well, I guess I just mean like uh, this this example of the uh, of showing you when you're invulnerable, which I feel like I don't know. I'm thinking about Bloodborne, another game that has invulnerability frames. Yeah. I guess that you it's never explained to you, right? This is just how you dodge attacks, whatever that yeah. means. That's kind of like the the way it lays it out so clearly. It feels like mm. this is a, and again, it feels like this is a game manual for people who see games in this way. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't mm, think it's, oh, it's not, it's not... I mean, I think if overt, you dodge but, and you're invincible, 
would be like a way a normal person might say it. But yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't. <laughs> do they say invulnerability frames in the yeah. manual? They it literally do? says okay. like iframes or something like that. Okay, then yeah, yeah, I think that's right. It's like a sort of like a gamer language as opposed to like most right. people. I feel like don't wouldn't know, know what, what that means. Yeah, no one I know knows what an iframe is. Like yeah. outside of our Discord. You know, I like mean, my friends asked games. me. I don't think I would have known. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, can we just I mean, move on. Yeah, let, moving on. Um, I mean, yeah, the Zelda. I, I, every like review podcast, everything I heard was just Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. And I think that's because the early part of the game, and even some of the like dungeony type of parts of the game very much feel like 80s Zelda or like early 90s Zelda games where um, not just like, well, everything about it, really. I mean, you're a little dude, you're wearing a green tunic, just like Link. Your sword looks like Link's, your shield looks like Link's. Um, The rhythm of the game of like, you discover an area, but it's kind of gated. And then you get an item that lets you get through whatever the gate is and now it's like holy shit i can go anywhere now and i have to go back to where i was because i can like do so many more things now um to me that's what felt like the most zelda y to me yeah i think you start with a your first item is a stick yeah branch (laughs) yeah branch that's classic zelda and then you get a sword to replace your stick and um, then you got a blue and red shield. Yeah. <laughs> you literally right. get the Hyrulean shield. It looks yeah. like his shield, exactly. Yeah, and then I think, yeah, like pretty, I, I feel like the game doesn't really rely on the mechanics of the items you find, whereas Zelda really does. It really relies on like, okay, you can't get, like you were saying, you can't get through this area unless you get the grappling hook. Right. And there is like one or two moments like this in the game but I think for the most part, it is the game is literally just like explore this area and eventually you'll find the way through. Yep. Um, or you'll find a bunch of secrets. Uh, but yeah, I think it's usually like you just got to find the path and you got to open the right door or whatever. And pretty soon I realized like. Or I felt like, oh, wait, this isn't really like Zelda. Like there were a couple shortcuts I opened and I was like, this is just very similar to Dark Souls. Yes. Um. And like the way you then, you know, you rest at a statue with a fire. And when you do all the enemies respawn, when but you the die, shortcuts stay, but the shortcuts stay. And the mo- the fastest way to get through that area again is just to run past all the enemies. Yep. <laughs> Classic souls. <laughs> yeah. And so I was actually wondering as I was playing this. Um, it was like, oh, Alon. I was like, OK, Alon's going to love Tunic because it's like Zelda. And then after like two hours, I was like, oh no, Alon's going to hate Tunic. (laughs) And then I was like, it's all about me, baby. And then I was like, well, if maybe if I don't say anything, he won't realize that it's like Bloodborne. Uh, I realize. (laughs) (laughs) So, but this game worked for you. Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely love this game. And obviously, for those who listen, didn't bloodborne didn't work for me (laughs) so could you compare like some of the like level traversing combat like uh just like 
having to explore every nook and cranny of a level. Um, nothing yeah, very I mean, obvious happening. Yeah, I should have probably thought about this way more because I think this is like a big talking point of the game. But when I just the the first thing that I immediately thought of while you were talking was was the isometric view that we were talking about. It's just so much easier to see. It's just so much easier to familiarize yourself with an area, to not get cheesed out of every single corner of every single area, to remember how to get back to a shortcut and to, you know, get back to where you were after you die. Uh, but also the enemies are a lot easier. I mean, the, the basic mobs are very easy, I found in this game for the most part. Um, the bosses are hard, which is similar to, you know, Bloodborne, but, well, sort of, but the enemies are really easy, so you don't get into a loop of like, okay, I'm just going to run back to where I was. Oh, no, there's a snake guy there, and he just, like, completely destroys me, and I have to do it all over again. But also, like, it doesn't really matter in this game if you, like, go back to your body to get your 20 coins back. whereas I. It, feel so bad in Bloodborne when you lose 20,000 souls and you don't make it back. It's just like, I just literally lost two hours or more, five hours um, and for nothing. There's no no gain. Whereas in this game, you, you keep almost everything you have minus like 20 coins or something like that. So it's a lot less punishing, I think, also when you do die. And there's save points all over the place. There's checkpoints all over the place. Um, the one time I reached the quarry in, I, I basically got to the quarry before I was supposed to through like an entrance that I wasn't supposed to. And I was just like getting completely fucked and there were no checkpoints anywhere near there. And that's like the first time, actually the only time really for me that this game felt like a soul's like in the sense of just like, fuck this. This is so bad. <laughs> this is such bad design. I have to run for like 10 minutes to get back to the quarry. And then the quarry is like literally impossible and you have one HP and everything one shots you. And I was like, yeah, now, now it's the soul's like because this is a piece <laughs> of shit. Um, but then it turns out I was just in a wrong area anyway. And there is a checkpoint if you go right. into the quarry from the other direction and it's a lot more nice. And fun. Well, so, wait, so, you were finding the quarry yeah. from the top of the mountain? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. The, uh, I was just going to say that I also, I also went to the quarry too early. Um, <laughs> it seemed, it also happened ran, like, ran into, ran into it so many times. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, I was going to say that this game, I think it, it intentionally pulls a lot of the frustration or difficulty out of the Souls-like aspect of it. You know, there's a game difficulty. I'm pretty sure there's a setting you can just be invincible and yeah. just run through the game, right? Um, and it's like one of the three things on the menu when you open it. And uh, yeah, tons of checkpoints, though. There's no travel between the checkpoints, which um, was I don't know. It's just it, it, it's interesting the making the combat less frustrating, but for me, making navigating the world more frustrating. Because <laughs> um, I actually, I didn't, I had a lot of trouble. Uh, like, I was getting lost a lot. Oh, interesting. Even though, it's just interesting to hear the isometric view helped you and keep it kind of squared. I just found that 
each area, it feels like it's so everything looks so similar that I really had a all the time. I just found myself running around in circles trying to figure out. And I think it's also just the, you know, the layout of the game and the secret alleyways that aren't visible. And so yeah. to remember it, you have to remember not the alleyway. You have to remember that that you couldn't see it you, yeah, you know, yeah. that, while you're there. Um, yeah, but, I, I, yeah. I that was such a frustrating thing to me. It's like I can see where I need to go. I've done it two other times and I can't remember how I did it. <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah, have exactly. to, I have to retrace my step in this area. And it's and we talked about this a little bit, but when when basically when I beat the game and it's like, OK, now you have to replay the game again, sort of to unlock a new ability. I was like, I can't like I already I already beat this area. I don't want to relearn it again. Um, And I tried a little bit to like reinvest and I was just like, no, I, I, I'm i done. Yeah, I'm done. And I like can't like. Uh, I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just, I have a bad memory or I'm bad at games or something, but it was... No, I mean, we both know that that is not the case, but <laughs> well, I one thing I was going to also add while you guys are talking is, like, the game manual also has maps of, like, the overworld, the large areas, any dungeons, all that stuff, which obviously Bloodborne doesn't have any maps or anything like that, and I... I reference them all the time. I was pulling out my manual all the time when I was like in certain areas or looking for something specific or, um, you know, and I was using the teleporting also all the time to get to areas faster, to get to areas faster. So, but it doesn't show you where you are on the map, right? It it's does. Just, it does. If oh. you're in an area, you're, there's a little fox, there's a little fox icon. I guess that's but, just how lost I was that I just thought the fox was just a drawing on the map. Well, it is. <laughs> well, there is, and that's the other thing. There is so like the the save point. There's like a little circle. There's like little circles, right? That that's I thought the were save for point. a while, but that's a save point. Yeah, that's the same. You know, point. I was like, oh, that's where I am, and then I was like, wait, no, that's not where I am. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not on the map. And then like later on, I went to reference the map, and I was like, oh, I am here. I am on this map. The thing, the but, thing about it though is that it's there are a lot. Looking at the map, there are lots of. I would like try to use the map and be like, oh, there's a seek. I can actually see this route that goes back behind the waterfall and then up to the top of the mountain. And then you'd go and you can't access yes, it from exactly. this the, side, right? So the, the, yeah, the map, I found myself being like, well, the map is useless. But I, <laughs> wow, yeah, it's such because, a different experience. I know yeah. this is very, it's very interesting. But I, yeah, I found, I found the map to not be that helpful just because it, you lose a lot of the fidelity of the smaller areas within each section each section in yeah, the, so in like in in the underground like in the underground stuff it's like easier because there's not as much wandering yeah, um, yeah. but but uh yeah especially in the overworld it's tough right i'm trying to I'm, I'm i'm like okay i need to like accomplish this map traversing goal so i'm on the main map then i get to a smaller area i'm trying to find a hero's grave but now the main map is useless and i need to find the specific section in the booklet where the area i'm in has the map for that and it's like seven pages forward and it's like oh wait no that's the wrong one now i have to go back 14 <laughs> pages the other way to find the correct map i need to look at and it's like in a normal game it would, you'd open your map and it would have everything you need to know and you could zoom in if you wanted to look closer like even like um you can zoom in that's true. Yeah, you can zoom in, but you can't zoom in on every. You can't. It doesn't show you everything map, and then zoom in on your area. Yes, right? If you yes. want to go, there's to your no area, everything map unless you're in the overworld. Yeah, and so 
all these things are like really coming up against me traversing the world in a way that is satisfying. Got it's it. it's like okay, I can see where I need to get to. I look at the map. Like Danny said, the shortcut actually doesn't exist. You're it's just like some weird thing that's happening with perspective on the map. Then it's like okay, you go to your new area. Now you have to find the new map that actually you want to be on. And the thing with the teleporter is you don't know which teleport takes you to what area until you find that page, like maybe two thirds of the way through the game for me. And so I'm literally like teleporting to a new area. You teleport to the overworld teleport area. Yeah. Then you have teleport to where you want to go. Turns out that's not where you want to be. So you have to teleport back, (laughs) then go to the other one. You're like, okay, hopefully you got it right that time. Otherwise you're doing it again. And I was just so frustrated by, by all yeah. that. I was like, how many hours in or how long did it take you to understand how to use the teleporters? Halfway through the game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's the game is sort of like littered with that kind of stuff where you're, yeah. which is like, you sort of learn loosely by the manual, like how to pray to the monolith things. Right. It's like, what I can I could have done that the whole time, you know. Yeah. The game is full of that sensation, but yeah, I just I I don't know. The maps work for me. I don't know what else to say. I just we're just done. I think is what it is. No, no, it's not the case. I don't know. It just I just would get to an area and be like, oh, this is the frog area, and then I would flip to that page and not change the page for the entire time I'm in the frog area, and then like you know I'd get to the quarry and be like, oh, this is the quarry. It says the quarry and on the title. But how would you remember how to, like, where your iframes are if you're only on the toad page? <laughs> That's a really good point, actually. But yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I think that makes I think that it worked that, for me. That makes sense. I, I would like find the area, then it would say I'm in the quarry, and then I would find the quarry page of the map. And then I would put the map away and be like, okay, I'm going to go explore it until maybe I get lost. And then I would open it and be like, oh, I'm here. I should probably go here. And, you know, and then I would put it back away. That was sort of my rhythm with the map. But yeah, if that didn't work for you, I can understand it being like really confusing and annoying. Um, but that's I mean, kind of how it I, I felt with Bloodborne was the whole thing was confusing and annoying. And there's no map. Um, well, it's certainly know, not it's as infuriating as the like Forbidden Forest in Bloodborne. Whereas, uh, you know, Awful. I just spent all this time running around and dying. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a... A more minor quibble. Um, I think it just stands out in this in a game that feels. I don't want to say easy, but kind of low stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I found uh, having having that kind of cumbersome experience, which maybe is unique to our our genes, um, is uh, <laughs> is a strange. It just yeah, it it pulls it pulls me out, I guess. But um, it was not not a big not a big gripe of mine. It is interesting that like the fucking fox is my big gripe. <laughs> it's interesting because. One of the things that the creator was saying about the game in an interview I, I listened to is like he wanted to like go back to an era where you're just you're just dumped into a world and you don't know what's expected of you and you don't know what's out there and you don't know the rules of the world and maybe you have a manual, but maybe you don't even understand it because it's in a different language or because you're five years old and you don't even know what the words are yet. But like that, that is definitely an intersection of early games, not just Zelda, but early games and Dark Souls games. 
Uh, like yeah. I, I never thought about that when I was playing Bloodborne, but that is totally. I'm sure if you ask whatever his name is, the creator, I'm sure that that is like a touchstone for him, right? Like he just loved buying Mario and just being like, okay, I'm just gonna run forward because that's what seems like the thing to do, or like. Zelda, you know, all I know is there's things trying to kill me, but I have no idea what's going on at all. Um, no, and I think totally. that, that, like, both of those genres kind of touch that note, and that's definitely something he's, like, very intentionally going for is, is why it's sort of Zelda-like and Souls-like for a lot of the game. This does feel a little underbaked for me just because, and I, I would say the same thing about Dark Souls as well, is that, you're dropped in the world, not really sure what's expected of you, but what is expected of you is just to kill and advance, right? And the same thing in Dark <laughs> Souls, is just ki- literally kill everything, except yeah. for like five, seven NPCs you'll encounter throughout your game. <laughs> um, so there is kind of, I don't know, I don't have, I didn't, I didn't, I don't go into this game or this kind of game with much wonder, okay. especially when the lore is kind of just incidental, is, uh, I don't want to say underdeveloped, but just it's not a focus for the game, right? It's, this is obviously not a story-driven game. And I... Uh, so, in some sense, it is... It is conf- You are kind of dropped in. You're like, I'm a fox in the woods slash mystical ethereal realm. And I'm trying to avenge my hot mom or something. And then, like... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, but then, like, you... But then ultimately, you're, yeah, you're just killing everything you see and throwing fireworks at it. Yeah, you know, it's just it's. I just the, it just felt like um, I, I didn't find myself in awe. I was definitely wondering what was going on, but not like in a not in a way that particularly uh, got me going. I guess. Yeah, the second half of the game. Well, it's hard to even call it the second half of the game. Like you're right, right. After you beat the game <laughs> section of the game is where I mostly felt all of those things of being like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm into the story now. Oh, like I kind of finally see and understand what I'm supposed to do, and this is really cool. And and every time I like, it turns really heavily into a puzzle game. Um, at that stage, you can just kill everything. Like nothing is no no enemy is even like you know a remote threat and at that part of the game you're just solving puzzles and i felt that like the discovering of that puzzle section of the game and solving each individual puzzle was so satisfying and like so rewarding and like probably i don't i haven't played that many puzzle games in my life but like probably best puzzles i've ever played or seen in a game um in my opinion so So let's put a pin in that because I want to get to this at the end. But I think even before then, I so I definitely felt this way when I first started playing. I was like, it's a dumb indie game that looks kind of good that's made in Unity, but actually it's like not that special at all. (laughs) It looks kind of good and kind of (laughs) bad. Yeah, it's like, okay, you play as a cute fox. Like what what idiot hasn't thought of this? Yeah. yeah. And like this will sell great on Kotaku. Like people are going to go lose their shit for this <laughs> and you get the stick and i'm like okay i got the stick now i'm gonna get the sword and then i'm gonna kill some people and then you're like okay i got the town i see the town on the map and you're like okay there's gonna be a shop here and you go into the shop oh my and god there's nothing in it there's it's empty right there you do find a shop later which is like 
the ghost. There's like a ghost shopkeeper. I love the shopkeeper. <laughs> yeah, which is, which I loved. Yeah. Um, but when you first go into like the town, when you unlock that door and you go into the shop, and it's just like a bunch of destroyed pots, and like this is the remnants of a shop with like one single chest you can open. I was like, oh, like something bad happened in this world. Yeah. And like there isn't going to be a town with like a shopkeeper, and. Something, yeah, like something weird is going on in this game. And then you find the shop and it's like a giant dead ghost fox who's like selling you shit. With and, like psycho music going on, like so cool and like yeah. futuristic almost, yeah. And then you get out of like the main like mountain area where everything's like rivers and grass. Like when you go to the library and like it's golden and there's all these tomes everywhere and there's like weird electrical appliances and then later on you find out that like there then you start praying to obelisks and you're like okay whatever i just kind of like activate them and send them underground but then actually it turns out that each obelisk contains like a ghost void fox mewtwo yeah (laughs) yeah right that's like imprisoned in it and you're like like that realization like you know, I think at that point you're like, okay, something really fucked up is going on in yeah, this world. I loved it. Even before that, you, I was just like, wow, I'm uncovering all these like weird, dark, deeper levels of this lore. And what I thought was this like dumb, cheesy game about a fox is actually like very scary and sad. And uh. I thought I thought of quite a bit about like coming up with my own theories and like what's going on in this world. And I didn't really like land on anything that I liked, but I did think a lot about like, okay, all this is happening at the same time. And actually you are the heir who's like sent him a version of himself into the future. And everybody knows what's going to happen. And like, it's basically like a, um, like 12 monkeys or Terminator or something. <laughs> You're going to like send yourself into the time loop over and over again. But I don't know. I just I just thought the the by the end of the game, he's done so much with the world building that there's so many opportunities for you to vision a story um, or just be filled with wonder about what's actually going on in the world. Well, I I think just to clarify what I was getting at before, (laughs) I'm not sure that I'm not sure that you're you're responding directly to it is just that uh, not so much that the game feels one dimensional more that the the options for what you do are the the game it's like what you do your experience playing it un- until the second phase is like very straightforward i guess mm-hmm. is what i meant um i think this I think is a that, perennial that, a per i was gonna say this at the beginning of my my rant which is a perennial problem is in games is the way you interact with it is killing things in it right exactly yeah yeah exactly right, right, exactly right. um but there's no there's no blitz ball in this game is really what I'm trying to say. Um, but uh, but yeah, obviously the setting is I, I feel like it's really what what keeps you into it. Like when I rang the first bell tower, I was like, oh, my God. I was, yeah, I was like this or the, when I took a port when I took one of the portals the first time. I felt like it felt like seeing chaos in Hades. I was kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah this is, uh, that's a really good it. comp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of that. I totally agree. Like I had the exact same sensation as you did Teddy when I first opened the game. Um I was just like 
this game looks like shit. Like, I'm not down. <laughs> I don't think this is cute. think it looks terrible. So blocky, geometric, like... Um, and then, but then there's like all of these little moments where like the graphics are all of a sudden like really cool and like the sound effects are really powerful. It's like the first time you open the golden door and you're like walking in space and you see like your trapped mom or something, you know, I was just like, holy shit, like this is crazy, you know? Sealed forever. <laughs> yeah, like there were all of these little things like, and the examples that you guys both brought up where I was just like, no, actually this game is fucking sick and it's just, it's just like hiding, it's under a veil of we made an indie Zelda mm -hmm. and like that's totally and the reason at the very beginning that I brought up that that's what everyone writes about and talks about is because I feel like no one beat the game <laughs> like no one actually played the game it's like people watch the trailer for the movie and then did a podcast about the movie <laughs> because every well, single person yeah. is just like yeah this game's just like basically Zelda and like yeah it's like well made it's like a pretty cute game and I'm like, what? Like, there's, that's it? Like, there's, there's so much. That's what kept bringing me back to the game is that sensation of like, there's so much more there. There's actually like a humongous world, even though it feels like a really small little world. And there's, it's, there is a story, even though it feels like there won't be a story. And, and there is like so much depth and more to the game than, than, you know, more than meets the eye. Well, I feel like it has, a guild of like a gilded layer of Zelda to it. It doesn't really remind me of Ocarina of Time or Wind Waker. You know, so no. it is a strange thing that everyone's like, this is like Zelda. It's, it's, the like, old, it's like Link to the Past, right? It's the yeah. really old yeah, Zelda. Right. It's yeah, not even that's, that that's one. True, it's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Legend of Zelda is like the key one where Yeah, I guess I've never actually played any any of the anything before Ocarina of Time, so I wouldn't know, but yeah, um, I probably played Legend of Zelda when I was like four or something like that. Like yeah. maybe three. Like honestly, like we had an NES, we had the game. I have two older brothers who probably played it or showed me it. And I had absolutely no fucking idea what was going on. It's really yeah. old. I was negative six at right, that so, point. So are yeah. 45 year olds reviewing this game and saying it's like Zelda? Like why are people saying it's like Zelda? Yeah, like, right. Danny, Danny, you have a good, that's a good point. Like, it's, it's a not, really good point. <laughs> Because it's not like any Zelda game that's come out for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, also, it's, not, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's like Twilight Princess. It's like the Wii one. For yeah, sure. And it's like if you ask any like current contemporary gamer what a Zelda's like, they're all going to think of Breath of the Wild, which is like yeah, the right. best, best right, selling, right. most popular Zelda game of all time. Right. And yeah, Imagine I don't know. Be, like buying this for their like partner being like, I heard it's like Zelda. And they're like, you loved Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this looks kind of different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, why is this like 2d it is like dark souls though you know it, it does play like dark souls that's definitely yeah, it true is. So, it is. But, uh, yeah i was just thinking i was just thinking about that we uh, you know zelda just obviously is going to come up the whole podcast but i was just like hey this doesn't remind me of lawn lawn ranch at all <laughs> i mean i was listening and that's, to and that's zelda <laughs> i was listening to insert credit which is a podcast that bacon loves and and told me about and i was listening to their game of the year episode and 
So when Elden Ring came out, they were all like fucking screaming, like literally just like, <laughs> oh, Elden Ring, like, because well, like they all just have it number one best game. Um, and then one of the guys didn't like it. He was like, you know, I can tell that it's like a good, well-made game, but like it, nothing about it reeled me in. I played it for a couple hours and I just, I'll probably just never pick it up again. And I thought that the response to him was really interesting because it wasn't a negative response. They weren't like, oh, what the fuck? They were all just like kind of pushing it in different ways. And what they settled on basically was, I think that you just need to watch some of this video to explain the lore in the world. Then you need to watch some of this video to figure out a rough build path that would be good to start on. And then you need to watch some of this video for like what I don't even remember the third thing of and then reopen the game and play for a little. And if you're not into it, then then stop. And it was funny because I was in the middle of Tunic when I was listening to that. And I was like, God, that sucks. I was like, that <laughs> fucking really sucks to have a 10 hours of prerequisite YouTube video before you can know if you like or dislike a game properly. I was like, thank God that Tunic just is a Souls-like in air quotes, but <laughs> there's no fucking build path. It's just whenever you can upgrade, you upgrade. And there's no, like, you know what I mean? There's no... Like, the boss fights are still hard. It doesn't have to be this sort of, like, mountain to climb to even get into a game to have the boss fights be hard and satisfying. And the only choice you really make is, like, well, it's, like, your skill of obviously controlling it, but then it's just, like, what weapon slash item are you going to go into the boss fight with and that's really it in terms of like build path and it just felt i don't know it just felt eye-opening listening to that and then while i'm playing tunic and just being like this is so much more my kind of game like, <laughs> i'm just so much more interested in this where i'm i feel like i'm getting all the satisfaction that i was supposed to get in bloodborne but without any of the like pain in the ass stuff i don't know the I mean, I think everything I just articulated about uncovering a deeper level of the game is like sort of what I've what I said about Bloodborne and definitely yes. how I feel about Bloodborne. Right. It's like, oh, this is like, we, you know, we've talked about it. it's like, oh, it's not actually a Victorian game about wool werewolves. It's like no. actually they're like demons in the world <laughs> that are like from an alternate universe and they're aliens and. This game is like really fucked up. Yeah. And yeah. Tunic accomplishes that. Yes. And in one tenth the time right. and frustration level. Right. Exactly. And exactly. and I really I really do think like playing it, I was like, wow, I, I really do feel like Souls Heads, like Miyazaki needs to play this. Just like there that you can do this without so much of the bullshit. And right. it's really satisfying that this experience exists for people to like really get a nice a nice taste of it all yeah the if if you guys want to jump in you can you can i was um, just gonna say like stop that that quote that i had on the bloodborne episode where a guy was like missing the long loading times right like yeah. that that my my takeaway from that article is just stockholm syndrome is crazy <laughs> right, <laughs> like the, right. stockholm syndrome will make you believe things that are just definitely wrong you know so so some of the frustrating things that i think actually carry over from bloodborne were yeah still the, the, this is still a big mistake so one the resources are really limited mm. 
And I often wanted to use them in fights that were hard, but I never did because I didn't want to waste them. One problem I had with the game is the shop was really expensive. So like yeah. I bought like if you want to buy another potion, like your third potion from the shop or something, it's like a thousand coins, which I never, yeah. ever had. I never had a yeah. thousand coins. I like saved up for a long time. Never got it. Um, and then I bought some like. Are you leaf. talking about your third healing potion? Yeah. Yeah. From the shop. Was it a th- is it what is that what it was? Yeah, it's about a thousand and a coin is like nine hundred and ninety nine. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I had three health potions really early on. Well, well I you, do too. there's other ways to get them. You find the pieces of a health potion, and when you find right. three, then it gives you another health potion. But you could also buy additional ones in the store. But so um, your your first health potion is like a hundred. I think your second potion is like five hundred. Your third one's like a thousand. Yeah. But yeah. your coin is like if you want to buy a coin from the shop, or it's like your second coin or something. It's like nine hundred ninety nine coins, which I never had again. Yeah, so I like, just didn't run by enemies, <laughs> so I had it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't run by enemies. I was oh. killing everybody, and I was oh, like okay. even farming a little bit. And then I I bought some leaf. Which I was like, oh, this is like a thing that upgrades my stats. That's and what I thought. I did that too. <laughs> and it's like 400 coins or something. I did that too. And I was like, okay, yeah. whatever. It's worth it. No problem. Like it'll upgrade my health. And then I like get to the thing. It's like you can't upgrade it because actually it's a thing that boosts your attack for like 10 seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And so like I kind of like the whole like mystery of what every item does. But this is a problem I have with... S- a lot of these games in general is the stakes are high and this, like the currency stake is high for like yeah. buying stuff, messing around with things. Like, do I want to use a freezing potion in this fight? Like maybe I need them for later. I only have six and right. to buy more is like 250 coins. Like, so I didn't experiment until like v- towards the very end of the game with any of the items. And you know, I could have, I guess, but it was like, I feel like the game taught me not to or yeah, I, I scared totally me that. away from it. And it felt very Bloodborne of like, or Souls, like, don't use any of the items in your inventory because who knows what they're worth or how you yeah. may use them later. Or you don't know what they do. So what are you going to do? Die while you're on a yeah. boss fight or something yeah. when you're really close to the end? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure this would be controversial, but I enjoy the combat in Bloodborne. And so grinding certain areas is not, was never that heavy for me. Whereas, Trying to grind coins in this on mobs, it's like, I don't know, most of the, most of the mobs, especially early, are just, it's just like, one coin. Know, there's like nothing there. Well, first of all, there's no coins, and it's just, no, you, you can, you could have your eyes closed and kill most of them, you know, and. You um, could, you can't grind for coins, um, like. The, the game, like, you, they don't give you enough, you literally have to <laughs> right, fight, like, right. a I mean, thousand I think that, guys. Yeah, I think, because I, I bought coin i bought a health potion i bought bombs i bought mana region berries a bunch of times so i spent like 3500 coins probably i I actually have a lot of money too but But i think most of it was like treasure chests i guess like just finding tons and tons and tons of chests because there's infinite secrets in this game i really think that like like every time i think i've like checked every corner of every part of a room or something there's a whole nother area and tre- treasure chests and a puzzle and uh, something else to discover um so i think that's where i got like most of my coins 
I mean, my my the biggest problem I had with economics in this game, <laughs> the economics of this game is I did not understand the progression at all. So I got to the ghost shopkeeper in the windmill and there was, I forget if there's more than one thing for sale when you first get there. I um, remember. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there are a couple things, but you can only buy one of two of them and then it's just the bombs. And you spend all your money on the candy cane bombs, which are... I was literally just like, well, I guess I'll just buy 20 of these because I have the money. <laughs> so, and then when I figured out how you how you level up your stats, I had no money to spend. I was like, uh, uh, oh yeah, and I forgot oops, even about I, leveling up. I spent 10,000 coins in this game. Dude, I fucked up. I, the UI fucked me up so much. I used, the first time I got my freezing potions, I used both by accident, trying to equip my mm-hmm. sword, because I uh, accidentally unequipped my sword, and then tried yeah. to, I'd gotten attacked a bunch of times, tried to put it back on, and then threw a bunch of shit, I was like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this cool new blue ice potion thing. This is very <laughs> Souls-like sounding, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally. like the game totally yeah, I can't equip fucking anything. you over. Yeah, yeah, I can't equip, don't know L1 what anything to open, means. L1 to open your inventory. That's uh, I feel like that's on par with... Oh, that was bad. That, that was felt n- on par with having to like open specifically the inventory section of the menu in Bloodborne to equip. <laughs> felt like this game's version, you know. Yeah, but. no, you can't you can't put the menu on L one. That was <laughs> I, I was like, this needs to change immediately. Your trigger yeah, yeah your trigger finger is too <laughs> hot. Um, um but Yeah, no, but I think the cards, most money most money has to come from the treasure chest. The cards also was hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I just had some on, but I still am not even that sure what any of them do. <laughs> the only one I really knew until I looked them up, which I looked up basically at the end of the game, what they did, because I was like, I don't want to look anything in this game. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like for the final bosses, I kind of wanted to know how to like build a character. <laughs> 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 um, the only one I knew was like the you can turn your health potions into mana potions. Mana potions. Yeah, yeah. there's but, a yeah, few like, I knew. There's one when you equip, it, your health just immediately goes to one. And I oops. was like, "Oh, interesting." And then when you swing your sword, you it's on fire. Right, you, so you d- get the you, the damage bonus. Right, yeah, and you fucking yeah. shred everyone. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." But it's funny very fighting game style. When you discover some stuff, and I don't really have a concrete example of this, but when you discover some stuff in the game while playing it, it translates in the manual. Yeah. Do you know yes, what those? Yes. Do you know what those events are that translates? No, but text? I when I looked at my manual, so the late 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 game you're you're just constantly you're just living in the manual and i had on my page that explains a bunch of the ability cards i had like eight of them just in english what they do so i figured that like yeah i probably equipped those earlier and they were probably written in a different language and i couldn't tell what was happening so i just unequipped it or something and then like i think it 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 translated that maybe by putting it on it seemed to be like a usage thing that translates it for sure. Yeah, yeah. But though it doesn't, I don't feel like that's true one hundred percent of the time. But <laughs> no, it was. It's true most <laughs> enough that it seems predict. It was fairly predictive. This feels like a. I feel like it's like Einstein. You know. <laughs> How? <laughs> Just like the, this is mostly right, and and, it can, and it's very predictive of certain things, and, but uh, but it is not. It's definitely not right. <laughs> 
as you know he I famously mean? said. <laughs> in the wise oh, words, in the wise words about Brian Stein. What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say was not right? Are you talking about quantum entanglement? He, he never. I'm not saying what he said. You're saying, saying other people don't like other it? people. Yeah, it's okay. not not about yeah. like or don't like. Okay. It's it, this is okay. science okay. I'm talking about. No, I just mean that like this is maybe maybe Newton- Newtonian physics is a better uh, example where like this is very predictive, like mostly accurate for most things, most applications gets us to building skyscrapers. But uh, if you want to explore the cosmos, it's not enough. If you want to explore the cosmos of the manual, it's not enough. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, but, I'm gonna yeah, go to but bed. I never got to the I never got to the Newtonian understanding of the manual. I couldn't figure <laughs> out what did what. I was like, okay, I know what some things are now. I don't know why some things are now in English. Um, but it's okay. I didn't care in the end that much. Yeah, in the yeah, end, I, I didn't really care. Yeah, yeah, doesn't even matter. What about the from since you're you're a couple souls boys? What do you think about? the fact that there's a setting that you just can't lose and can't die uh, no fail mode i think it's called and you don't lose stamina and you can't die and you can so you can just get through the game like dark souls everyone says it's supposed to be hard that's part of the game you're a fucking fucker if it's not hard i don't know whatever what do you guys think about that in this game i don't really get it why it's in the game it's so you can, I mean, it's basically, it's an easy mode, right? Yeah, I guess I just don't understand yeah, why like you wouldn't just watch. I, I guess you could, you get to explore. No, I, I mean, I, I do, I, I do literally understand why, but like, <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it, I found it strange. It, it doesn't bother me. Like, I feel like I would be more, un- I would be uncomfortable if Bloodborne, they added in a no damage mode or a God mode, but. Uh, for this, it doesn't feel like I, I didn't get my like uh, testosterone rage of like trying to be better and push myself and get better at the game. You know what I mean? So it, it does that. Those didn't really affect my experience at all. I wanted to turn this mode on in Sekiro. I wanted to turn it on in Souls. I wanted to turn it on in Bloodborne. And that I, I quit. Sekiro when I got to the final boss. I was like, this game. Oh wow. I was like, this game fucking sucks. <laughs> I was like, I've I've been playing it for so long. I cannot learn another boss fight. Also, like it's a game about samurais, and now the boss has a gun and he shoots you. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? That's how I and, felt about the Divine Dragon and Sekiro for the record, but go on. But I picked up Sekiro like six months later. Yeah, everyone has this experience. And I spent like one Saturday just like, I am gonna do this. And I just relearn how to play the game learn this one boss fight it was like literally a whole game it was like a new game experience for me yeah, i just like learned this the one game. section of the game and i beat him and i literally d- countered everything perfectly i almost took no damage the entire fight when i finally beat him i was like i know every single thing about this guy and i destroyed him and i was like i am this is fucking incredible like <laughs> i am so good at games fuck this guy like i'm literally an artist and <laughs> and it was it was just it was such an awesome you're like, feeling you're like neo blocking the guy yes, with one yes, hand exactly, exactly. Just like, like this I'm is watching myself too yeah, easy yeah. 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 Like, i'm making that meme after this <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the clip <laughs> and right i mean the, but the thing is the joke of course is that i'm not special right everybody like people are able to beat this game but you 
are able to feel like that. And, yeah. and I do think, you know, I think a lot of people say, uh, I think, is it in the accessibility option where you change this? I, I don't I know if we've talked, think talked so. about this elsewhere. Yeah. But people I say don't like remember. these, I don't these think games, it's in, I don't think it's in an accessibility. Uh, okay. I, but, but yeah, I didn't but, actually turn it on. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the no fail mode is in accessibility options. And maybe no fail is, but it's difficulty not. Yeah, I think that might be right. Maybe that's what it is. I'm looking right now. And people talk people talk about how this is an accessibility issue and people can't play this game, which I think is, you know, a reasonable complaint and but there is there is something to be said I think for something that asks a high level of competency or fluency in games that you have to achieve in order to see it through. And I think that's true with books that use big words. Um, something that I think we talked in our preliminary discussion was like puzzles. Puzzle yeah. games are never talked about like this. As nobody ever. Hard. Yeah. Nobody ever says this puzzle game is like inaccessible to dumb people. Right. Like this is not fair. All the puzzles should have like an easy option. What wait, what was the what was the thing you said, Alon? It was like was Oh, like, there yeah, should be a shooting be able to, mode. Yeah, like yeah, you should be able to play Mist with a gun. Like that's yeah. easy mode. It's action mode. Action mode. <laughs> Every puzzle's solved right. and you just have a gun. <laughs> yeah, it's not no fail mode, it's action mode. Oh, that's so good. I'm just imagining uh, a bunch of like dumb jock football players playing uh, the witness Mist. on action yeah, mode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shooting panels. <laughs> Right. And so that is the special part of it. And not every game is for everybody. And that's okay. But he wanted to make a game that people could see the world, even if they didn't beat the bosses. Right. They could see more of the lore. It's for him. Maybe the game he's trying to create isn't about can you beat the boss? It's it is after you beat the boss, you see this new part of the game. Right. And that's that's it. Um, one thing I feel free to stop me. I feel like I've been going on for a while, but one thing I did was I was kind of getting tired of the game. I think, um, uh, didn't what, what's this guy's name? I, I only read it. G G Bayman truther. Oh, Gbamin truther. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> you guys will have to tell me about that later. Yeah, um, no but I'm boomer here. Um, <laughs> G. Bayman Truther. Um, he was saying that yeah, he just like was kind of done with the game, so he like put it on no foul mode because he was kind of getting frustrated. Yeah. Um, which I think is totally fair. To you know, it's in there for a reason. But one thing I did for the bosses was I wanted to learn the parry system which oh my I, God. We, I didn't it's realize so like until hard. halfway through the game was in it it's but so hard yep rather than like die over and over again which is what i was doing i just like turned on no fail mode and then went into the fight and just practiced and learned all their moves and then quit and then went back to the fight in normal mode and fought them like for real and, and i thought it was like up. a yeah, and fucked them up. And I thought that was like a really uh because you you do that in a lot of these other games like Bloodborne or whatever, but 
there's just like all this bullshit in between you learning and beating them um which is like running back to the area loading screens so it's nice to just spend like five minutes that's really the boss and then sparring wired yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but on that note was there i think um mckill was wondering what our favorite boss was um what did you guys think of the boss fights in general and did you have a favorite one because those were the hardest parts, right? I feel like the game wasn't really hard otherwise. I agree. Well, yeah, I think this what, is what a do you strange think, th- Danny? Yeah, I just think this is a strange thing about the game is that the boss fights and the mob combat has like not- almost nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Like it's just, I mean, maybe, and maybe that's true of other games too. I don't know. I guess kind of like you, you get some experience with like the ranged and the aerial mobs and that, because I feel like the boss fights... Like the librarian, so if you get lots of like moments where you're melee, you're like they're untargetable with melees. But um, I thought they were fun. I think I don't know. It's it's just hard for me to go from Vicar Amelia and this like scale and music and experience to this kind of game and a boss fight and to feel like it was. I felt like I was I was satisfied by it. Um, they were challenging and, and fun for sure, but uh, didn't didn't particularly wow me. I guess I would say. Was there a boss fight you that was that you liked for any particular reason? I just think the the librarian fight has like that feeling the most. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you're on top of this climbing the climbing the tower. Yeah, yeah, you're on top of this this like swirling background, and she's like flying off screen, you know, flying off of it, and then flying back on and stuff. So I, I think I think that one and her weapon is cool it's beautiful so but yeah i mean they're i I think they're all they're all very interesting i think that the uh, i agree with you on the climbing sort of cinematic camera swings and stuff like one thing about having like this locked isometric camera that is sometimes confusing and sometimes cool and sometimes mc escher and weird but you sort of learn it is that like whenever it breaks, I found those moments to be like stunning. Like the first time you're like running into the quarry, I remember it like all of a sudden you're just side view and really, really wide. And you just see this like miasma purple, like hell. And I was just like, <laughs> holy shit, this area is so fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. when you're climbing the librarian, you're really zoomed out and it's just like, oh my God, this is fucking epic. Um, yeah, I thought the bosses were all fun. I mean, I thought that I definitely died to all of them. Well, except for the siege engine, which I just ran in circles for the entire time, um, which is really <laughs> funny. But <laughs> I died to the librarian, the scavenger, the air, even the garden knight multiple times before figuring them out, which, again, felt souls-like. And I got... I got more satisfaction out of beating them than I did in Bloodborne, any of the bosses in Bloodborne, which is, I don't really know why, but it felt that way to me. I think, again, I felt like with some of the really, really giant monsters in Bloodborne, I I just can't even, like, see what's going on. Like, it just jumps, and I don't know where the attack's coming from, and I'm just blind rolling and just sort of, like, 
blind timing it out because I think this is when it's going to hit, and but I can't tell. But like, it's very clear with the librarian, right? Like anytime they're swinging their sword or shooting something at you, it's like, oh, I could have dodged that. Like, oh, fuck, like that move. I can, I'll remember next time when they do that, like I can, I can dodge this way instead of that way. Or, you know what I mean? It felt more fair in a way, I think. And part of that is just, you know, visually for me and the camera. So, yeah, I don't want to like drag on. I don't want to like drag on about Bloodborne too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, half of this podcast is talking about other games, which I think is really <laughs> funny. But uh, there is there's something about. I don't know if this is really why I like the those boss fights, but something about like if you had to fight this giant monster, like you can't see what's happening, right? It's just like yeah. absolute mayhem, just trying course, to yeah. not get fucking squished. And <laughs> there's something about that thrill and fear in Bloodborne and kind of like running, sprinting away and hearing an attack and rolling and hoping you got the timing right. You, you yeah, knew yeah. what attack it was. And like, there's a, the, the impossibility of it. I, it's, it's definitely infuriating and kind of like the game, maybe gameplay wise is not, uh, or de- game design wise is not amazing, but there's something about the experience that is so special. Whereas this feels, these boss fights feel very tight and like I can do exactly what I want to do and I'm not going to like clip through the wall and get <laughs> yeah. poisoned and this attack's going to do more damage than it like is supposed to for no reason or, you know, whatever it is. And so uh, I-, I can totally, it's not to disagree with your feeling about no, these being I more satisfying. It, it, it's, it's just, a it's, it's a different, yeah, exactly. But I think like if if the Garden Knight was ten times the size, <laughs> but you had like a wide angle of it, I feel like I would still just much prefer the isometric version of the big monster because it would still be fucking terrifying, and I would be so small and like you know barely even I'd be like a dot on the screen with this huge fucking thing just like raining sword blows on right. on me but I'd be able to see and be able to learn a lot a lot easier so yeah, yeah I mean I do, yeah I did feel that way big yeah I did feel that way about the siege engine I was like oh my god this yeah. is a big boss <laughs> big that's a boy. big sandwich <laughs> I really wish I clipped my fight with the scene engine. It was it was too fucking funny. I was just running wide circles the whole time. And then I would go in and try and hit it and usually would jump away and dodge my hit and then I would just start running the circle again. I was like, all right. Wide flight, go. dude. Getting back on the horse. <laughs> yeah, librarian. It's gotta be a librarian. That yeah, was librarian the best is so sick. Yeah, yeah. So sick. Yeah, what else? What else is going on? Did you guys fight with L two? Like, did you with lock on? Or how I did often, a lot. How often were you locking on? Yeah, I did a lot. The Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. I, the I lock on like, feels better. I think also just purely camera, right? Like when you lock on in in Bloodborne, you feel, or at least I feel like really, really stuck. I'm like, okay, I can see even more of a narrow angle on everything, and you can't even roll. It's right. just like a shittier dodge. But in this, it just kind of, the camera just sort of tilts up and it's a little bit more close to a top down. But yeah, all of your attacks kind of hit and like you're, if you're using the grapple hook, it hits. If you're using the rod, it hits. And so, yeah, I think the lock-on worked really well. This is a funny thing is that in Bloodborne, Teddy used to always tell me to stop locking on 
when I would play when I was trying to get through the game. But I lock on constantly in Bloodborne, and I almost never lock on and lock on in this game. Wow, which is really strange. Boss fights, I, I guess, is different. But um, I, the funny thing about the other, the funny thing about locking on in this game is also that is so Zelda. I guess mm, the only thing mm-hmm. I guess like Ocarina yes. of Time and Wind Waker, True. it's like True. literally it's like being transported into those games for a second. You know, when you when you when you hold Z to talk to me with Z. Z. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow, what a button Z was. Holy yeah. shit. So <laughs> Yeah, and then the other big part of this game are the secrets and the puzzles. And again in that I'll try and link in the show notes. I don't even really remember where it was from, but it was an interview with Andrew Schuldice. And he was, he was talking about like being young and playing Mario and there, you know, no text on the screen, no arrows on the screen, no fucking anything, no idea how to do anything or where I am. And then like that first time you push it down when you're on a green pipe and you go down to a secret world that you weren't supposed to go to in Mario. And what he said is, it's like the secret isn't that you can go down that pipe. The se- like the joy or, or whatever is putting a question mark on every pipe you've ever seen or ever will see again <laughs> that you might be able to go down it. You know, it's like this idea of learning a truth about the world that there's somewhere else you can go or something you can get past and like that cool feeling where again the the depth the like undercover depth of this game goes and does so well teddy do you do you agree with or do you feel compelled by that uh that description of like uh, realizing that some of the you can go down some of the pipes no no okay <laughs> I, I, yeah i, 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 I in, I'm, I'm I feel like, I feel like we're, we're, this is Symphony of the Night, right? This is the Symphony of the Night problem. It is that moment is awesome, but now now the problem is that You're every stuck. pipe is a possibility. Yeah, right yeah, now yeah. every pipe is a burden. You are burdened with the knowledge <laughs> that this pipe could take you to another place, and yeah. you have to check it. Um, and there are no pipes in this game for those wandering at home. <laughs> yeah. Spoil, spoiler alert. What is, no pipes. And, what is, and what is actually nice about this game is that it's not le- quite like that, right? It's like there's something weird going on in a lot of different places, and it's not always the same thing, right? It's not that every area has an invisible wall that you can blow up with a bomb. This or, game does it really well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not right. in, in Castlevania. I'm, I swing my weapon at every single wall. Ding, ding. And if there's any part of the map that's still black any pixel of the map that's still black i feel like i have to go there and check it out and swing at the wall because there could be something there right if i miss 30 coins in tunic whatever it's you know not the end of the world if i didn't find that secret um i will say one big frustration for me in games is because i like to find everything is when I can't get to an area because I don't have an ability and I don't know it's because I don't have an ability. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this chest is on this beach over here. Can I get there somehow? Like, do, should I try to or not? And I also hate like waiting until like I have everything to then start looking for stuff because it's like, well, am I going to look now when I can't find 90% of the stuff? Right. When do I start doing it? Um... And for me, that's always like just a big like frustration point that I, I 
uh, yeah, there's just no good answer for me anyway. Yeah, I, I was talking to Nolan about this too because because of that like post game puzzle section that I kind of mentioned before that I, I genuinely love. The one thing that really sucks is like similarly to what you were just saying, Teddy. It's like it's all these like line. These are major spoilers, but it's all these like line puzzles. Basically, so you follow paths of things on the D-pad, and that unlocks stuff. Yeah, um, do you, you want to, Danny? Do you have anything about like general secrets before we talk in? Oh yeah, go yeah. into the. No, okay, yeah. So yeah, so. lay this all out for us, long because I don't really know the full details of the the end game. Yeah, so basically, you're using the manual all through the game to try and figure out where to go, try and figure out what to do. And for the most part, you get there. And when you beat the game, which is beating the air, um, you what actually happens is you then become locked in the prison that the fox was locked in. And it's bad. It's just very bad. And you're like, oh, fuck, this world is fucked and this is bad. And then you get the option of, do you want a new game plus, meaning a start a new game, but you have some of your items? Or it says, like, retry, and you have this many pages in your manual left. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, I have to retry. Like, obviously, there's a better ending because this is very bad. And we yeah, need I to, got like, the bad save, ending. You need to, like, save the world, right? <laughs> and basically, throughout the manual, there's all of these sort of vague references to like the golden path, um, the holy cross, um, sharing your wisdom, um, the secret gathering place, like all of these kind of things that you basically just ignore because they're not really relevant to progressing the game the way that you are progressing when you beat the game the normal way. But there's also this door in the mountains, this like huge door that you can obviously tell is very important. And there's no way to, it's gold and it's on the top of the biggest mountain in the game. And the gamer senses are, only if it was behind a waterfall, would it have been more? (laughs) Oh my God, that's too Zelda. Yeah, it's, it's like, so that's really where like your path sort of begins is like, okay, like there's something I need to do here. And on one of the pages that's called Hidden Secrets, there's there's a there's a little... Okay, so something we didn't mention about the manual is that it's also not your manual. This is a previously owned manual that is not made for you and not, and not owned by you. And it has all these scribbles on it. Like someone owned it and was like jotting things down in pen or whatever to like help themselves try and figure out the world basically. And so one of the scribbles is like a picture of your D pad. And then one of the things in the manual is like a, a code. It's like down, right up, left up, right. I think. And it shows you like this door. It shows you a Fox sitting in front of a door and it shows you that combination of directions and what you figure out. And is like a Eureka amazing Eureka moment is that like, the design that's on the door is that path of on your D-pad. So it's like you go down, there's a starting point, and it's like a maze. And you go and you just follow the path on your D-pad, and then it opens the door. 
And so what that opens is then like is so much more of the game. There's these secret fairies, amazing puzzles all over the map. They were there the whole time. You've seen them a hundred times, but never noticed that it was a puzzle. And now you're like looking for them and there's like all these incredible puzzles. So not going to go into all of those, but it's, it's fucking awesome. But the, the main finale, I don't know if I should even spoil it, but is figuring out how to open that door. But the, the reason I jumped to that from the secrets area is because they are all these line puzzles with movements on the D-pad. And I was saying to Nolan, like, these are the coolest puzzles I've ever played in my life. But when sometimes you get like one of the directions wrong, like I have, like I have it right here. I mean, like th- this is like what my notepad looks like. Holy shit. <laughs> like, that's what you have to do to beat the game. Like, it's like, I'm writing down, like, up, left, down, left, up, left, down, left, up, right, up, right, up, up, Because it's, like, around a corner of a wall is, like, where the maze goes, right? So you, it's, like, complicated. It's so cool. But sometimes oh you God. just miss miss a left turn or something. And then you're, like, punching in this 35, like, direction <laughs> sequence on your D-pad and the door doesn't open. And I'm like, oh my God, kill me. You know, like that's that's what I thought of when you were saying, Teddy, that like you see an area, but you you need an item, but you don't know that you need an item. Is like discovering and solving the puzzles is God tier. But when you make a mistake and you don't know why is so bad because you're just like, you're once again lost. Like it being, I don't know, it must be so hard as a game designer, but like being close or on the path to finding, to figuring something out and then not figuring it out is like one of the worst feelings in games, I think. Like that's, that's just like, I want to look this up. Like I'm, I know I'm there and like Mm -hmm. I, and I'm pretty sure I'm doing it right, but it's not working Mm -hmm. is like such a hard thing to balance. But yeah, great. Great fucking second half of the game. Such a surprise. Um, Inscription-esque. Yeah, and and that was that was the Nolan quote that he said in our Discord when he joined. It was like, it's such an interesting game because at first it looks like Zelda and then you think it's Dark Souls, but ultimately you realize it's Outer Wilds. And I don't really know what he means by the last part because I didn't play Outer Wilds, but now I feel like I know what he means because I beat the last part. So I don't know. Do you think it's yeah. like The Witness? Because, like, I think that what The Witness really does well is it's like, oh, it's all these line puzzles. Like, it's really basic. Like, you just move yeah. the line in the right order. But then, like, eventually, it's like you're using the environment in, like, a really... Uh, in a way, you just, like, didn't think about doing line puzzles. Yeah. But yeah, you are. And... When like when I was reading about it and looking at vi- watching videos, I was like, "Oh, this really seems like the witness." And it's like it is just at bottom a line puzzle, but it's like so much more than right. that. I mean, yeah, I I've only played a couple hours of the witness, but yeah, that that makes a lot more sense to me than other things than like Fez comparisons. But the solving of the final puzzle, which is opening the golden door at the top of the mountain, ultimately completing your manual and getting the good ending unreal to like it happened to me like today was the day when i solved it and i was just like typing to nolan like oh my fucking god so sick okay Um, can you can we just like put a big spoiler alert and can you tell us because i don't know what happens okay so do you guys 
have the page in the book where you see like what the right side of the page is like the door in the mountain and it's a fox like sitting on the step and then like the left side of the page is just like a golden sequence of numbers you know what i'm talking about yes uh-huh so on the page that's a golden sequence of numbers there's like a a circle at the bottom of it which is like your starting position which is basically you know the beginning of the puzzle and then it goes up and the first number is 12 and what you realize or figure out eventually is that 12 referring is referring to the page number 12 in the manual and what you realize is that all of these pages have like little golden paths in them mm. and you basically flipping to every page to make a path on the door and it's a, it, it's this <laughs> that's the secret spoiler alert someone can freeze frame there and you have the answer but that's the path that you have to go on to then open like the lights and music and everything and open the golden door and get the final page of the book it's so sick that's awesome and the so puzzles what- are like really like some of them are kind of obvious it's like oh there's like a up left up right in gold on this page but some of them are fucking crazy and really hard to figure out and amazingly satisfying so every page has one no only or the, just only the ones that are on the only the ones right, that are right, on right, that. Right, right yeah yeah but that's like more than half the book is on yeah that. interesting yeah it's really cool it's like this through line through the book which again you've looked at this whole time you've been playing nonstop that you never have noticed ever and then you start to see on like more than half the pages there's a path that is golden somewhere and that path leads to the next page that's on that key it's just unbelievable genius. it's Absolute so genius. cool it's so cool and no one to be fair, like I haven't played that many games, especially not puzzle games, but Nolan's played every fucking game ever. And he was also like, yeah, it's like maybe the best puzzle I've ever played. That's awesome. And yeah, it's fantastic. Whew. So what happens when you put the, the man when you finish the manual? Yeah, that's on the oh, when you finish the manual. So you get you get the first page, basically. It's like the only missing page that you have. Um, and it says it's like a picture of like the mom, mama fox or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, whatever that other hero is. And it says, um, like dear player, you've come a long way, like blah, blah, blah. But there's like, congrats on finding your, on the final page of the manual. Like you should pay a visit to a certain someone and share your wisdom with them. So you go back to the air and you press X on them again, except this time she doesn't attack you. You share the manual with her and she like turns, she like gets her life back and she's also wearing a green tunic and then the the credits roll and it's you and her like dancing in every location. Amazing. <laughs> it's so sick, dude. It's so sick. And there's also, I should say, there's a million other secrets in this game that are optional that I haven't even done yet. Right, right, right. Wow. A lot. Yeah, I get yeah. the gamer of the bunch. I, I just got so into it. I, I, yeah, I've, I, like once I got, I was getting breadcrumbed, right? Like throughout my whole playthrough of the first 10 hours or whatever you want to call it of the game. 
And I just like, as I was discovering, I was just got like more obsessed with it almost. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I get it, you know, and the, and it just, it just built more and more and more. It was really tremendous. Man, that's so great. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. I, it's so funny because I, I just like have no, not in any negative way. I just like do not want to do that at all. I totally get it. And I'm just so glad that you are like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's I mean, just, I maybe I'll share my screen with you guys after and just show you like some of the examples of stuff. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, anything else, or should we rate this game? That's yeah, I'm good. Do we did any, do we miss anybody's questions? I think. Uh, I think no, there we're weren't good. many. Right? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Let's rate this thing. Classic mimic. Get out of here. Classic mimic. Classic. <laughs> um, um, all right. So fun. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a one. That some parts are really fun, other parts are kind of grindy. Even the puzzles, actually, the puzzles were fucking fun, but sometimes frustrating. I'll give it a one. It's hard for a puzzle to be fun, you know? It's like... It's fun in the way that, like, good trivia is. Yeah. That's okay. how it felt. Like, my yeah. mind's racing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring this out. Like, I'm on the right path, you know? Like, I'm getting there. Like, the whole time I was doing the golden path, I was, like, DMing with Nolan. I was like, oh, oh, my God, this page. Like, holy shit, I can't believe it. You know, like, it was just... Okay, so that part okay, was so cool. fun. Yeah. Dan zero zero for Danny. It's a soft zero for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Um, fine with that. Not a hard zero. Definitely not unfun. But <laughs> I didn't really have fun. Fair. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Love a good zero. I like yeah. it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's a one for me. Yeah. yeah. Puzzles Simple. aren't that fun. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> um, senses. Senses. Mm. It's a it's a one for me. Um, there were some really good moments that I thought were just like awesome. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the game just looked really uninspired and yeah, bad. And I also didn't think the music was very good. I liked um, the music. I actually did like the music. Yeah. I I liked it. Um some of the time it, it sort of felt like this game was like made by an ai i was literally just gonna say that dude <laughs> i'm sorry what? i was just gonna say that it was like an uh, really a, just a mute it was like a, the music was if you asked an ai to put a score to this game that's what it <laughs> right, would be. right 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 but yeah, yeah like i mean it basically area. was right like this guy a one-man unity show right it's just like whatever yeah. whatever makes the most sense to accomplish what i'm trying to do right and yeah, I think, yeah, yeah so it's not even like really that in that bad of a way but i agree it's it's a it's very ai so are you a one <laughs> danny or a zero? One, one. yeah I, I guess i'm a one that i mean more less the music for me but i just thought some of the sound effects were unreal I mean, like when you, yeah, like bit, getting bit crushed by the miasma and shit, or like when you pray to the obelisk and it's like, doo, 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 and then like yeah, slams yeah. down, like that stuff was all like incredible. I agree. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with you guys overall. I still did have that like guttural disgust when I first opened the game of like, <laughs> this is 
trash. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I can't, I can't deny that. Yeah, but there's there's some really good visual moments. Like, I just feel like all oh, the, yeah. the all the ethereal stuff looks awesome. Yeah, really whenever, like I said I'm earlier, whenever the that. whenever the camera swings, unreal. Looked so good and so cool. Um, but yeah, I'll stick with the one. Um, and then recommend. And recommend is the hardest fucking category. <laughs> yeah, like, so have we subjective. ever <laughs> have we ever given like a two or a three even? Uh, I think we gave a. I, Maybe Portal 1 got a 3? I think Portal 1, yeah, Portal 1. Although that might have only gotten a 2, now that I think about it for me. What else have we played? I'm going to look. Because it's just so Portal. hard to be like... Yeah. Chrono Trigger like, got I, a 3, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I want to give this game a 2, and then I'm like, yeah, but if you only play shooters, this is a 0, so it can't be a 2. Right? I feel like I would have given... I don't know if we rated The Last of Us, but I feel like I would have given that a 3. Oh yeah, you might have. Yeah, okay. I, that fair. might have been pre-rating, though. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I really want to give this game a two. I really liked it a lot, and I think it's really cool. But again, like I just said, like if you only play racing games or GTA or <laughs> shooting games, then you're gonna absolutely hate this game and give up after 30 minutes. From now on, it's would you recommend it to someone who only plays racing games? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so every game's a zero. Pa- patron- <laughs> only patrons get to see what we'd give it to someone who likes racing games. Yeah, yeah. Patrons uh, get the full chart of if you only play and then insert any genre. Um, well, the recommend category gets such a boost from price and length, like time to beat. That's so true. I think fuck price. No, we can't talk. Okay, about not price. price. Just a yeah. Okay, in- investment of time and effort, and I think it's yeah, it's a really high return. So it took us all ten hours to beat it, right? Basically, yeah. I would give it a. I'd I want to give it a two. two. I want to give it a two. I'm gonna I'm give it a two, it a two also because I think again, like if you're not into the puzzle, even if you're not into the puzzle stuff, you can just stop. Yeah, and like you don't have as crazy of an experience, but like you can. You and still everyone have a likes good time. fucking Z- original Zelda games, except Teddy, right? <laughs> like everyone is exa- liking those no, games. It's exactly original <laughs> Zelda, Locky. original Doom. It, no, it's exactly <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like Breath of the Wild. People are gonna love those games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, was, uh, I think it's really low stakes game. Yeah, like you yeah, can, you yeah. Can it's like Outer Wilds. Playing. Yeah, you can start playing and stop <laughs> playing. It won't be a big deal. There's some stuff like breadcrumb to get keep you intrigued. It's a short game overall, very yeah. accessible. So well, you I know think what game this, is... this reminds me of is Prey Twenty Seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a pod. Someone just told me uh, this is totally unrelated, but someone just told me that uh, Breath of the Wild really reminds them of that World of Warcraft really reminds them of Breath of the Wild, which I've never played Breath of the Wild, but I was very confused by. That kind of makes sense because Breath of the Wild's bad and WoW's <laughs> kind of bad. They're a big. It's a big world. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's both so are like open way. world. <laughs> that's that's um, really good. That's really good. Okay. I don't know. I I can't answer that. I don't want to go there. Yeah. No. I probably know them. We're already about to get doxxed for Alon saying the Breath of the Wild is bad. So yeah. Um. <laughs> Buy Listen, me if someone tuned. wants to buy me a Switch, I'll play it for the pod. Yeah, stay tuned for the game club on it. I guess, guys. Yeah, if, if um, you want, if you want us to game club it, just buy me a Switch. I'll buy and I'll play it. Hundred um, percent. All right, 
We're, and we're by the way, we're totally Starcraft. up for that. If anyone wants us to buy a buy a game for all three of us, we will one hundred percent do a dedicated podcast. Yeah, we'll it. plan it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Price is the only is the only drawback <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> Spending so one fifty when we do a new game. Yeah. So the the problem with price, Danny, real quick is there's no, that you cannot. This should be done for posterity. Criticism should be done for posterity, and we just like can't be. It should be like, what is the value of this game? And as like an art statement, not what like, if it's one dollar. No, I just think we just shouldn't consider it. It's, it's like people agree, talk about like bugs at launch. It's like this doesn't matter. Like when I'm reading about a game 20 years later and half of the review is about bugs right, at launch, right. I'm like, what fucking planet are you on? Like, what this? I don't know. Calm it's like, down, the, the, Teddy. It's like it's, you're not reviewing software. You're not reviewing. I don't know. It makes me yeah. so mad. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to do research for the podcast for my firm. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, sorry. Okay. Anyway, we're so, playing StarCraft next, Starcraft, single player. Yeah. Uh, so, are we playing Brood War or no? Um, we're going to play through the original campaign of StarCraft. That's Terran, Zerg, Protoss, in that order. Right? No. Yeah. Is it no. Terran, Protoss, Zerg? Don't know. No. Or yeah, is it, okay, it's Terran, Terran. It's Terran's it, first. Protoss, that's all I know. Yeah, Terran Protoss Zerg. I'm pretty sure, um, based on what happens in the campaign. Oh, but I'm anyway, so excited. If you if you guys are loving it and you want to keep going, obviously everybody's played this game besides Elon, so we could <laughs> literally. Yeah, definitely turn off the HD textures if you guys want the original experience. Um, but turn them off and on to c- contrast, compare, yes, contrast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halo and style. then write a compare contrast essay. <laughs> Um, we're doing a DBQ. We're doing a DBQ. Critical um, lens. <laughs> critical lens. Don't don't control F and enlarge the size of all the periods to get more space because I will see that. <laughs> this is a uh, Teddy's. Teddy's heard me say this, but one time I I wrote a paper in college on in my business. I think in my business. I think it was my business and government class, but maybe it was my public policy administration class, um, where I was writing about legalizing. MDMA and talking a lot about medical treatment with it and the uh I was like really scrambling with it and so I control F and replaced every time I put in MDMA with methylene dioxymethamphetamine <laughs> to just like <laughs> <laughs> like you have it three times in a set in a like five times in a paragraph the whole thing oh written my down. god that's genius <laughs> yeah it was a good paper actually it's just uh i needed some length a little short it's it was just too it was so obvious why it should be legal that it was it was tough <laughs> amazing uh, but anyways all right y'all all right thanks so much for watching yep yeah Bye-bye. we love you we love you all thanks for thanks for the love on tiktok on youtube on keeptube subscribe comment like tell your friends we love join you. discord join Bye. yeah join discord later Bye.